This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. The end of the regular season is almost here, so it is time for us to take some stock on the mailbag. Who's exceeded expectations the most? Harris drives on Caruso, hangs, fires, shoots, and makes it! And the Sixers beat the Lakers on a game-winning shot by Tobias Harris! We got a lot of great responses from Tobias Harris to Dwight Howard and even a non-player as well. Plus, I'll give my take. Maxi again for three from the logo! He's got 39. Your voicemails, DMs, and mentions as always here on Mailbag Monday. A busy, successful week it was for the 76ers since last we mailbagged. Four wins in between last Monday and this Monday, and the 76ers are on a great tear. Season-high eight-game winning streak continues. Lauren Rosen, they get a nice little lull in the schedule before gearing up for their final four games of the season. They're in a good spot for that number one seed. I like where things are at. I do as well, Celts. The magic number as of this taping on Monday is two wins to secure that one seed once and for all. But of course, Brooklyn or Milwaukee or both could help out reducing that magic number of two. And based on the strength of schedule, Indiana, Miami, two against Orlando shouldn't be too tall of an order. It's incredible. This is our second to last Mailbag Monday of the regular season. It has... Zoomed on by this old 2020-2021 regular season, or has it? Has it zoomed, or has it not? I think for me, midway through, I felt like this was the longest season that has ever existed, and now that we're on the end, I do feel like it's zoomed past. So it's been one of those long days, short weeks types of seasons. Yeah, That made sense in my head. I'm not sure if it came out articulately. No, for sure. It's, uh, being honest and upfront, like, I feel like there's been a lot this year, and there has been a lot. The games have been played um, so frequently, essentially every other night, except for a few breaks like the one the Sixers are in now. So in that sense, it does feel a little bit long. But right, you look back at it, and you think, well, Christmas wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago that my kids were opening up a pink pony and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That doesn't feel too long ago, and that's when the season started. Yeah, I'm with you. It, 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 but I also do think like you have to take into consideration, obviously, the state of the world. And so I think anything that's going on right now feels a little bit more labor-intensive because of everything else that's going on. So it was, it was a weird year, but luckily for Sixers fans, it has been nothing short of an excellent distraction from whatever else is going on. All right, Lauren, what do we do for this week's Mailbag Monday? Do we talk about which players have exceeded expectations or do we focus on how flawed the 76ers have been during an eight-game winning streak? It's a hard decision to make. I'm, I'm kicking it back and forth. I'm not sure which direction we should go in. I was wondering if you could help. Salts, wow. So early on a Monday morning. I, I'm okay with... Listen, I read, I read. I'm a consumer of respected... Uh, beacons of of uh, media and journalism. So I, I saw that and I was like, well, maybe I need to just take a breath and reconsider what we're doing for the mailbag this week. Well, I'd be happy to just bring it home and say that genuinely I would prefer to talk about players that have exceeded expectations this season. Yeah, we're the, we're the sunshines and rainbows pod. That's what we are and that's what we're going to do. So let's get the mailbag going. You have one new message. How do we do Mailbag Monday? It is quite simple. We encourage you to call the pod line any day, any time, whenever. 215-403-7637. 215-403. 
pods. Leave us your thought, take, inquiry, opinion, whatever it is about the 76ers. As long as it's kosher, we're going to play it, and then we'll send you some swag. Or you can reach out to myself and Lauren Rosen on social. I'm at Brian Seltzer on Twitter, Seltzer Sixer Snaps uh, on Instagram. Lauren Rosen makes it very easy for you, Lauren M. Rosen, on both platforms. Leave us a mention, a DM, and we'll run that off as well. We also have our Sunday sticker question on the at Sixers Instagram story, which this week was, which 76er this season has exceeded expectations? Before we really dive deep into the bag, Lauren, do you want to get us started? Do you have a player in mind? I do, I think. I wonder if we're going to have the same player. I mean, I have a few in mind, but I think right off the bat, someone who maybe hasn't gotten enough love lately or throughout the course of his career, I think I'm going to have to go with Tobias Harris. I think that we knew what Tobias could do, and people hoped that his reunion with Doc, the addition of more shooters, some changes to the lineups, would unlock another level level for Tobias, but I'm not sure that people expected it to. And from the very beginning of the season, all the way through, he's been nothing but solid. He's talked about wanting to be a closer. He's been a closer early in the season, late in the season. Regardless of who's been available, he's been overall the durable Tobias Harris that we're used to seeing, but with more efficiency, a little more pop, a little more swagger, and I've really really enjoyed. So I don't necessarily think that he's skyrocketed over expectations. Tobias, luckily, you, you do know what you're getting with a player like him, but he has been I think more than people necessarily expected him to be, especially considering the other star power on his team. So I'm going to go with Tobias. It wasn't necessarily the, I'm going to go with Tobias. What about you? I also had Tobias number one on my list. I'm going to reserve my comments on it and I'll just try and sprinkle them in when we hear from other people because they too, there was a lot of love for Tobias. All righty. Let us get to our first entry in this week's mailbag. And sure enough, John Nails, J57, John Nalian on Twitter says, Tobias is the 76er who has exceeded my expectations this season. Everybody was ready to trade him last season. This season, he should have been an all-star. And the guy, it's like, guess who didn't vote for Tobias? That's in my favorite game in the second half of the season to play because you can tell when he has that little extra going, it makes you think, hey, Billy Donovan, did that guy vote for Tobias? I don't know the way Tobias played against the Bulls. Seems like he had something to prove. I'm with you as well. I've I've enjoyed the fact that Tobias has a list of names that he's coming for. I think that it's been an interesting spite motivator, and I'm all about (laughs) a spite motivation. Hey, whatever you need to do, 10 seasons in this league, long seasons, short seasons, condensed seasons, spread out seasons, he's been through a lot. If that works for you, by all means, Tobias, go get him. Prove him wrong. He's been doing it all year long, and, and I've appreciated it. Let's run a couple numbers here. Tobias's averages for the season as of Monday, 19.5 points in 32.5 minutes per game, shooting just over 51.5%. That is a career high, shooting over 40% from three. Uh, this is the second time for a full season in his career that he shot better than 40% from three, nearly 90% from the free throw line. He's just a bit over 89 right now. That is also a career high. And he's been doing great. 3.6 assists. That's the best in his career. And also he's tying a career high with uh, 0.9 steals per game. So just about a steal per game. But I think, right, numbers are one thing. You can look at that. And they're really impressive. He's bidding for a, uh, a potential 20, 50, 40, 90 split season, which would be insane. But the eye test, I think, is probably the most instructive here, Lauren. You can just look at him and where he's shown up in games, what he's done on the defensive end of the floor, some matchups he's excelled in. 
It's just been an all-around awesome year for should have been an all-star Tobias Harris. And all of that without mentioning the fact that he is an excellent leader that does a really good job of taking young players and let's say mid-veteran players alike under his wing, making sure they feel comfortable, making sure they understand the system. We heard in training camp that he was the Doc Rivers translator, helping (laughs) guys get up to speed with Doc's style. We knew from the moment he got to Philadelphia that he was a big influence on young players. We saw it with Matisse Thibault last season. We've seen it with Tyrese Maxey this season. It's been a pleasure to watch him as a leader, and I think that this season – adding Danny Green, adding Dwight Howard, now adding George Hill. There are other leadership voices in the locker room. He doesn't have to take it on all by himself. And it means that we've gotten to see him have a little bit more fun with leadership. You see him cracking more jokes. You see him smiling during warmups. There's more joy coming from Tobias. And and I think a joyous leader in Tobias is, is something that we maybe haven't quite seen yet because he takes his job so seriously and he should be commended for that. It's been cool to see him settle in and be comfortable. And, and there's just a lot of joy there. And, and I've really enjoyed watching that. Couldn't agree with you more. You can tell that he's found a great way to balance the serious side of things. And in terms of uh, just being able to continue wearing that leadership mantle, but he's also done a great job of mixing it up a little bit and having fun. When you dig deeper, Lauren, into some of these numbers, when you get into some of the quote-unquote advanced metrics, that's when it reveals itself just how good of a season Tobias is having. And you can make the case that even though he's not averaging the highest point total he has in his career, that he's having the most efficient season of his career. His true shooting percentage is over 60%. His net rating, personal net rating, is in double figures right around there. So he's just been such a complete player this season and so much fun to watch. Our mailbag question, who has exceeded expectations this season? A letter, 11, on Instagram says, Tobias, after a down year last year, he's been outstanding, especially down the stretch. I think last year he had an okay season, a pretty good season in the playoffs. I feel like that's what a lot of people were clinging on to, that it was a tough playoffs, just like it was for the entire team, that Tobias ended the season on a tough note. But the one thing that a letter, 11, points out Uh, that especially down the stretch, Tobias has been great. He has proven, like you said, Lauren, a few minutes ago, to be a bona fide closer. Just look at what he did most recently in that Pelicans game. Two go-ahead baskets and the eventual game winner on the corner three to clinch the game. Yeah, and I know I say it a lot on this program, on our pregame show, 7-6 Live, but it's something that he's expressed he's wanted to be able to do since he got to the 76ers now over two years ago. He's wanted to be that guy. He's set the bar for himself, and he's finally reaching it on a regular basis. You feel really comfortable with the ball in Tobias's hand late in games, and that's on a team that has Ben Simmons, has Joel Embiid, has some really good options. Danny Green has been great late in games for this team. But for Tobias to be a primary, secondary, third option in a late in game scenario, game on the line, you just trust him. And that's what he's wanted. And that's what he's accomplished. So all the credit to him for becoming that guy. For 76ers who play heavy minutes, the plus minus for Tobias in fourth quarters this season is second, just behind Shake Milton by a 10th of a point. Tobias behind Joel second on the Sixers and scoring in the fourth quarter, averaging five and a half fourth quarter points per game. He's shooting 51.5% in fourth quarters. His three-point percentage, amazing, uh, nearly 54%. He's gotten to the line a bit, so he has been someone who has looked right at home taking big shots and also making them. I, I was just I was trying to think, Lauren, and do an inventory of, of big fourth-quarter games for Tobias. Obviously, the winner against the Lakers, the Pelicans game was big. 
Um, early in the season, I kind of remember Boston. He showed up late. The first it might have been the first home game against Boston. I was trying to kick uh, kick my brain. I mean, I'll pull up some I'll pull up some metrics for the next pod, but I know for a fact as someone that does post game <laughs> recaps, right. there have been a lot of times this season where the team scores 10, 12, 24 points in the final period, and Tobias scores a majority of the team's points in the final period. I've written it a bunch of times, so I can go and find exactly when, but it's very common that he is upping, or even if he has a slower start, he's upping his productivity in the fourth quarter. He's not maintaining what he's doing. He's doing more. And I think that that's really impressive and and worth a shout out and worth better statistics than what I was able to give you just now. I think Nick's game and Nick's home game, I feel like he had a couple big shots late. Bottom line is we've seen it enough to know in our gut and then also citing some evidence. Tobias Harris has been big in the fourth quarter. And I think that bodes well. Can't wait to see how that translates to the playoff. The Nick's home game was the I'm an all-star game yes that's right of course and yes he was he was elite in that one down the stretch how could we forget the meme now seen around the social world he deserved it should have been an all-star next season yes the season before the season (laughs) i underscore justin i says by far tobias is the sixer who has exceeded my expectations the most he's become one of the most consistent and efficient players in the league. No doubts. Moving on. You have one new message. Jace underscore 200, who has been the sixer who's exceeded your expectations the most? I I think, um, well, I'll just say, Joel Embiid was Jace's answer, having an MVP-level year and helping his team to be a top-five team in the NBA right now. I think that of all the players in the Sixers roster, the bar was set the highest by Joel coming into this season, but he has, to his credit, played at such a high level that I think Joel is a very fair answer for this. Joel can totally be an answer. Um, I guess maybe the spirit of the question was thinking of of some of the um, maybe non-Joel, anyone but Joel, but I think Joel's a fair answer because he's been so good. Well, and the more I think about it, Celts, the more I feel like there aren't many wrong answers. I think there are seven, eight, nine players that, that could be correct <laughs> answers to this question, and those that I didn't mention have also been very good. I mean, this is the team that's been holding down the one seed for the majority of the season. Whether or not they've gotten credit for that fact is up to other people, not up to us. But Joel, of course, has been the leader of it all. We knew that he had the potential to be this good. I don't know that people expected him to actually reach this level and then maintain it for a whole season, but he absolutely has. So to me, I think the sustained productivity, the sustained MVP level play, we've seen flashes of excellence from Joel throughout his entire career, but being able to see him string an entire season together where he's been this good has been a pleasure. And I understand how that could exceed expectations just because of how long the streak has lasted and and he's not showing any signs of slowing down it's interesting lauren where last week when the winning streak started there were a handful of games that you could look at and say wasn't it awesome to see some other guys with the exception of joel be the the dominant primary forces in a game and it's funny how we can talk about let's say joel having a 17 seven and three block game against Atlanta is being pedestrian for him or 18 and six in the second game against Atlanta and say that's pedestrian. But the last three games, he scored a hundred points in 81 minutes. That's nearly a point and a quarter per minute. And he has come back with a vengeance just to remind everyone if they're contemplating talking about media members in the NBA, who they're going to vote for 
just how dominant and much of a force he can be. He's been awesome the last three games. Well, and it's been interesting, Seltz, because his only complaint is that he hasn't been required to play more minutes. He hasn't needed to be out there long-term in these lopsided victories. And I think if that's what you're complaining about, you're probably in pretty good shape. And and as you said, the per-minute numbers that he's been able to put up in the time that he has been a useful person on the court is, is certainly worth a little bit of praise. As of Monday, the player impact estimate rankings, according to stats.nba.com, go as follows. Joel Embiid right at the top, 20.8. Nikola Jokic at 19.9. Giannis at 19.7. So... Some good stuff right there. Joel, the highest impact player in the league. And it's worth noting that he's the highest impact player on the best team of those that you listed. So let's just throw that out there. Yes, I think that is a great point. It is time to go to the pod line for the first time on the program. You have one new message. Hi, this is the question you had about a player exceeding their expectations. It's real simple. It's Dwight Howard. At the start of the season, everybody worried about what type of player we get. Would we get the Dwight Howard after he left Orlando, or would we get the Dwight Howard at the beginning of his career in Orlando? Well, we got a little bit of both this year. And thankfully, we got a backup center that we could trust to help help Joel during the season. He may have been the biggest acquisition so far of the year. Thanks. Bye. I don't disagree with that lofty praise for Dwight Howard because what's been a theme that's recurred, unfortunately, for the Sixers the past couple seasons when they've gotten to the playoffs, who's backing up Joel Embiid to take nothing away from previous guys who were here, but Dwight has been playing at a different level than what the 76ers had before, coming off one of his best and most productive games of the season against Detroit on Saturday with 19 and 14. He has really turned it on Lauren during the eight-game win streak. The Dwight Howard experience has been nothing short of amazing. It's been really cool to watch him obviously playing, like you said, playing some of the best basketball of his season. If not, let's say the, set, the, the latter half of his career, this maybe is the best basketball he's played during that sort of second act. He's been wonderful. He is, a, you, you just feel really comfortable with him now backing Joel up. No shade, of course, to the likes of Greg Monroe, but that was the last time the Sixers had a long playoff run, and he was relied upon pretty heavily in that run. I take Dwight Howard happily as my option heading into this playoffs, and that's all without talking about the vibes, the leadership, the joy that he brings to the court every day that, by all accounts, he brings to practice with this team every day. He's a source of of light, of fun, and and it's been really, really cool to watch him make this team his own. Coming off the heels of a, of a really strenuous season in LA, he's just he's he's done everything asked of him and more, and I think it's been really cool to watch. He has looked as fresh as fresh could be for a guy who's thirty five and went on that deep run last year. Nick underscore Buck zero two zero five says Dwight's been in near prime form. P McCarthy seventy two. Says Dwight Howard's exceeded my expectations the most. A rebounding machine whose enthusiasm for the game is infectious vibes. Do you have a favorite Dwight vibe moment this year, Lauren? Oh, man. Put me on the spot, why don't you? Um, I think I think for me it has to be the early season um, that uh, that by all accounts was was shut down because they were working too hard. But Dwight coming out with the young guys to shoot postgame early in the year when he could have been exhausted from the season prior – He's taken all the young fellas under his wing. He's taken Ben Simmons under his wing. And seeing them 
put in extra time together, especially working on parts of his game that Dwight at least doesn't really need to be working on to be putting in extra time shooting and then just being with those guys. I know that that might not be like a specific vibes moment, but I think it set the tone for what was to come. And now you see young players really warming up to Dwight. And I think it's because of the tone he set early. Um, Dwight doesn't have to be out there shooting around post game, but he was doing it for those young guys. And I think that that left a lasting impact. More in the mailbag about who you think has exceeded expectations this season. You have one new message. We got a run on Matisse Thibel submissions. Nick Mon 12 says Matisse for sure his defense took a big jump and his elite doesn't commit fouls as often this season. Matisse is one of the most exciting players to watch and it's all because of his defense. I feel that 100%. I think people might have been a little concerned about Matisse's ability to grow off of where he started, not just because he started on such a high note in his first season, but because he now appears on opposing team scouting reports. Now people have to look out for him. He's not just this quirky rookie that comes in and, and wreaks a little bit of havoc and then goes back to the bench. He's someone that they have to prepare for. And the fact that he's improved despite the fact that teams are ready for him that might be the most impressive thing of all for me when it comes to Matisse's season. I just don't understand, and maybe it's a testament to how good he is, but it still seems, even in the game against Detroit over the weekend, that teams aren't ready for him. How can he not be a focal point of your scouting report? I think he has to be. Well, and the question might be, how ready can you be for someone that's that good at what he does? How much can you prepare for it if you don't have someone on your team that you can run a simulation with of Matisse Thibel defense at practice? You can't really prepare for it because of how unique he is. Um, and of course, this is a stat that we've been throwing around a lot this week. Matisse now third overall in steals behind only TJ McConnell and Jimmy Butler. Matisse has 105 steals this season, but he's played about 400 fewer minutes than either of those guys. So the fact that he's hanging at the top of this list, playing about 20 minutes a game, continues to be incredibly impressive. Look no further than his per 36 numbers, his per minute numbers, because he's leading the league in about all of the categories that he prides himself in. It's just been, it's been a pleasure to watch. Bernie Tichetto on Instagram says, Matisse, first team all defense, Thibel. Do we think first defense, first team defense is going to happen? I feel like that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I do think all defense is not outside the realm of possibilities. I, I really do think that he could make those teams, and I, and I think that if he doesn't, it's only going to be because of minutes, and I don't think that that's fair yep. based on what we just discussed. Um, I don't always listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, but I did happen to listen to it this morning, and, and they were talking about Jimmy Butler's defense. And Bill Simmons, who has been in these conversations for years and years, so I'm willing to, to listen to his takes there, said that Jimmy Butler might be the third best perimeter defender in this league behind only Simmons and Thibel. And Bill Simmons, who watches the whole league, did mention that. And I did think that that was an interesting shout out for the two of them to get. And I do think it would be pretty cool for the Sixers to have at least two people on that first team all defense. But my hope is that they'll have three between the two teams. And, and I do think that that's justified and reasonable. And I think, listen, if Matisse can somehow break through for any one of the teams in his second season, <laughs> I think that that is still a really impressive accomplishment given the minutes that he plays and that he is at this stage of his career He's elite. He's a defensive specialist. And, I mean, that's what should be rewarded for those teams, recognizing defense and defense alone. Um, I think there's obviously some perennial names that appear on those lists um, at positions that Matisse plays that could make it certainly not impossible at all, but a challenge to break in. So I think that if he were to break in, which I do believe he will, 
there's something to be said for that. I really do. I think that uh, I, I think he plays first team level defense, but even if he does not get first team, um, that is nothing to turn your nose up at whatsoever. Um, I figured I, I had to read this one, right? Our social media coordinator, Allie Pinner, says, Matisse Theibel has exceeded my expectations. Hi, Seltz and Lauren. There you go. Thanks, Allie, for, for coming into the mailbag. You know I love to see my Sixers ladies yeah. in the mailbag. But yeah, I mean, I agree. There's there's no way around it. And Seltz, you, you raised an interesting point. The fact that he's already in the conversation for an all-defensive team in just his second season, and we're seeing him continue to improve. So if he's already all-defense worthy as a second-year player, just imagine how much better he can continue to grow and, and how much is still there for him to develop. When you look at the blocked jump shots, I think is maybe the biggest area that that this season has really become a, an item of finesse and an item of um, efficiency. Last season, he was getting fouled a lot, or he was fouling a lot trying to block jump shots. And this season, it's he almost never fouls. It's almost always all ball, and it's almost every game. And so I think when we see him start to unlock even more levels to his defensive game and his offense, game he's only going to continue to get better and, and it's been awesome to watch good to see you. lots of deserved love for matisse thibel you have one new message which 76er our mailbag question has exceeded your expectation i like i love it when people zag a little bit i always appreciate some zags stoltz fuss collins says doc rivers Doc Rivers has exceeded expectations. Kevin underscore has underscore friends says Doc Rivers, the talent was always there, but he made Embiid and our team a contender. I think Doc Rivers deserves the shout outs. Of course. I mean, look, there were a lot of changes in the postseason, I think, and I don't want to misquote Daryl Morey, so I'm hoping that my memory is serving me correctly, but he did say that Doc Rivers could have been the team's most exciting offseason acquisition. That was something that was said, right? And that held up. Not his, because some people said it was Daryl's acquisition, but Doc obviously came before Daryl. So Daryl, I think, he, he quickly um, on his timeline said, listen, that was a before-me acquisition, so I'm not going to take credit for that. But he did say that he that he felt that it was the biggest acquisition, yes. right? Okay, good. I just wanted yes. to make sure my memory was serving me correctly. Cool to see that both of them came in and, and were able to make some really actionable and successful decisions really, really early on. So much change in the offseason, but by all accounts thus far, they've all been pretty good decisions, and the system that's been put in place is working. So Doc Rivers, of course, gets a ton of credit for that. Kept it simple and effective. That's not to say that there aren't subtleties and sophistications within that, but in terms of the ask of players, um, I think it's been very straightforward. Joe, get down there and uh, do your thing if you're uh, single covered, but if you're double teamed, let's see what else is out there. He's become a better passer, Joel has. Tobias, we talked about. Ben Simmons really trying to channel Ben in the mindset of be a force, uh, be aggressive, get downhill, and then let Ben do his thing defensively. I think he is, simple might not have been the right word, I think streamlining things and keeping it straightforward and finding the best ways to use guys definitely has been a strength of Doc Rivers without doubt. All right, let's try and get one more in here from the mailbag. Callie Stack 21 says, B-Ball Paul has exceeded expectations. I like that answer. I like that answer. B-Ball Paul, of course, the Sixers' third and final pick in this year's draft. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get from guys in, in that area. Daryl Morey 
called him quirky. Like we weren't exactly sure what we were getting here. And the B-Ball Paul experience has been another tremendous one. It's been really cool to see him grow in the limited opportunities as well that he was able to get. Of course, exceeded expectations in the Gubble, getting Rookie of the Year and MVP. So that must have been good for his confidence. And then to see him bring some of those skills that he developed there back to the team over the last couple months has been really cool to see. Yeah, when he's gotten into games for the 76ers, he's made effective use of his minutes sometimes. He had 10 and 9 against OKC in the game that started this winning streak for the 76ers. So right, I, I think that there was a lot of reason based on what we saw in the preseason that things were quirky about him at times. Might have looked a little bit herky-jerky or that the game looked like it was moving at a very fast pace for him. But to his credit, he's used this season um, to get into a comfort level, a rhythm, and a groove. And uh, you can see undoubted potential surrounding B-Ball Paul, Paul Reed, so yes, a worthy, a worthy name to come up when we're talking about 76ers who have exceeded expectations. Oh, and Lauren, I also, I almost forgot this, but I think we have to include a voicemail when it is as wholesome and feel-good as this. You have one new message. Hi, this is Shawnee from the Block. I went to my first game this past Friday, and maybe a little close for comfort, but I have to say, it was so electric in the center um, in the fourth quarter, just based on Tobias Harris alone coming in clutch, hitting those threes. He's just been so amazing in clutch for us in the fourth quarter. Love to hear that. Fans having a great time back at the building. It's been awesome to have their energy back in the building. It's really interesting. As, as some of you guys know, I'm from Houston. Um, and I, I no shade to the Rockets organization, but they don't bring in fans the way that the Sixers are able to over and over and over again. And honestly, even at this limited capacity... The last couple of games have been louder than any Rockets game I went to pre-pandemic. That was my immediate take. Wow. Was feeling the energy and the vibes that the fans are injecting into the situation. Again, no shade to the Rockets organization. That's just my background. This is all the credit in the world to the Philly fans that are coming into the building that are creating the atmosphere that they're creating. I appreciate it. I know the team appreciates it. It's been a lot of fun to have them back. Huge shout out to our man Derek Hayes behind the scenes running game presentation for the 76ers. Ryan Coletti, Christian Crosby, Archie, Antoine, Sixers, ENT, great vibes down there. The capacity went up by almost 1,000 over the weekend, so nice to see a handful of fans in there and making it loud and bringing some good energy in there. Glad Shawnee from the block was able to experience that. And before we go, just there were a couple more names that came up in our submissions for who else exceeded expectations that I uh, I also nearly forgot to highlight, but I think it's worth mentioning. Danny Green and Tyrese Maxey also both got uh, a lot of love on the submissions for this week. I think Danny, he's been really, really awesome, especially since the All-Star game break. He's shooting over 40% from three-point territory um, for the first time in two years. Uh, his three-point production is as prolific, talking about on a per-game basis, um, as uh, as it's been in a couple seasons, ties a, uh, a career high, matching what he did with the Toronto Raptors in their championship season in 2018-19. So Danny's been great. Danny has been great. Another one that's that's provided almost as much off the court as he has on the court, if not more. And then my only honorable mention I wanted to throw in was just to make sure Ben Simmons got a shout out somewhere on this podcast because of his play on the defensive end. We knew he was an excellent defender. I don't know if we knew that he was what seems like he should be 
a no doubt defensive player of the year this early in his career. Really cool to see him unlock that side, or rather, should we say, really lock down that side of his game. Absolutely. And then Tyrese Maxey, when last we saw him, 22 points, second highest total of the season for him as a rookie. He also had five rebounds, four assists, had seven assists his game before that at Houston with a dozen points. So really, Lauren, looking back, he in, I believe it's nine out of his last 11 appearances, he has scored in double figures. So Tyrese finding finding his place as this season has moved along. Yeah, no doubt. And cool to see Joel give Tyrese a lot of credit following that game, yes. talking about how impressed he's been with him all season and how much he thinks that Tyrese is going to continue to grow and, and deserves to be playing. We said it at the top of the pod, could be a lot of candidates for 76ers who have exceeded expectations this season. A lot of good responses, a lot of valid names. Great year. A great season does that. Agreed, Celts. This was a fun one to do. Lauren, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Celts. And thank you to everyone out there who submitted responses on Instagram, Twitter, and the voicemails, voicemail callers, if we played your voicemail, be on the lookout in a couple days. We will get in touch. Uh, and if there's any other voicemail callers who in recent weeks have not yet heard from us, here's how it works. I go into the office to make these shipments about once every three to four weeks. I usually get in touch with people right before I go in. So it's the first thing in my emails and my texts or DMs, so I don't have to sift and filter through everything. So if you've not yet heard from either me or Lauren, do not worry. We keep copious notes about who calls because we do love and appreciate the voicemails and we will be getting in touch with you soon. One more very final shout out. I feel I've been so shout out happy this week. We got to do it. Our guy, Christian Crosby, he is performing the track you hear under us. Written, sung, produced by Christian Crosby. It is called Strong. Search Christian wherever you stream or get your music these days. Apple, Spotify, wherever. He's a man of infinite talents. He is your Inarina 76ers host and budding musician extraordinaire. So strong. Thank you, Christian, for our music. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.